Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. This is your opportunity to ask your questions of Chris Minogue, our Mothercraft nurse, who joins us every week in the studio. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you? So Chris has over, good, thank you. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with their babies, their toddlers, basically small humans, um, (laughs) working out everything from settling techniques to uh, feeding, traveling, behavior, traveling, all those sorts of questions that can sometimes get us a little bit unstuck as parents. We don't really always see the forest for the trees. So Mm. Chris cuts through it and gives you a few tips on how you might tweak things and make life a bit easier for everyone in your family. Your opportunity is now. So if you're watching us live via Facebook, pop your comment under or your question underneath the video. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we'll put your question up next week. You can also call us on 1-800-543-543. Double seven two. That's if you're watching us live. And finally, you can text us, which is where our first question from Kathy has come from. The text number is zero four three seven double six five two hundred. So Kathy's question: My fifteen month old is still bed sharing with us and feeds all night long. He hates his cot. I was able to get him into his cot for a short period of time, but he entered a leap and also cut three molars. I breastfeed for all sleeps, then transfer him, but he only has 40 minutes, then screams, and I have to feed him back to sleep, then he wakes with the transfer. Both him and his sister, who's almost five years old, wake very early, 5.30 or 6 a.m. Bedtime is around 7. He will never sleep in the car or pram. I don't practice cried out. I can feed him and then put him in his cot and pat his bottom, but after 30 minutes of tossing and turning, he he will just cry and get so upset I need to feed him to sleep again. If I put him in and leave him, he will become hysterical. Finally, after two hours of mucking around and getting him off to sleep, he will wake 40 minutes later and then I have to start all over again. He gets very hysterical. He also wakes his sister. Through the night, he wants to feed back to sleep. His day naps are around 9.30 a.m. and a second nap between 2 and 3. He takes ages to fall asleep for these, then wakes after 40 minutes. It's getting difficult as I have to leave my daughter while I'm trying to get him to sleep as any noise from her wakes him up. My day is dictated by kinder pickup at 2, three days a week. Should I cut his nap to one a day? By 10.30 a.m. he is so tired and crying. He acts as though he is tired but will wake 40 minutes later. I'm heading back to shift work soon, including night shift, and I'm worried how my husband will cope with two wakeful children while I'm not there. I refuse to practice cry it out. And that's from Kathy. Well, there's a lot going on there, Kathy. So in answer to your one sleep, I think that would definitely make the days much more consistent and it might also help you long engage that first period of sleep at night. So the hard thing is that the nights at the moment seem quite, there's quite a lot going on. There's a lot of wake-ups through the night and he's losing sleep. So to get him onto one sleep, it can be a little bit difficult, 
because you can't get him far enough into the day and he doesn't sleep long enough. And I'm sure this is all going around in your head and you just can't see how to step out of it. So um, the first question I would ask you if I was talking to you is, you, do you want to drop the, the feeding pattern in regards to sleep and still co-sleep with him? Because this is an important part in relation to your second part of the question, which is how is dad going to help? So if he gets um, breastfeeds three, four times at night and then you do a night shift or you're on an evening shift and you can't get home to put him to sleep, then he's going to struggle So the first question you need to ask yourself is how much feeding are you prepared to do? And for a 15-month-old, I would say a morning breastfeed and an evening breastfeed or a breastfeed before he has his day sleep and a breastfeed before he goes down at night would be completely reasonable for his age. I think your problem is going to be overnight and that you and your husband really need to sit down and work out what you think is reasonable for his age because he will that your little 15 month old will get really distressed when you're not there to feed him back to sleep and you might have some time to correct that now so if we can get him to breastfeed to go down for his day sleep and breastfeed to go down at night and then maybe think of reducing and slowing down and maybe thinking in the long term to stop breastfeeding overnight by and I know this is difficult, but by putting a turtleneck on and giving him loads of comfort in the bed and getting him back to sleep in, in the bed, then we've got a window where your husband can at least start to be able to settle him without that breastfeeding feeding being part of it. So that's the really big thing that's happening there. The reason that you're getting the 40-minute wake-ups and the continuously long periods of trying to settle him is because generally he's overtired. He's not getting really long settled periods of sleep and restful periods of sleep. So I think the first thing I would be asking myself is what do I want to achieve out of this? I need him to be able to be comforted by somebody else. Um, You're still happy to bed share, so that can be done in the bed. You need to be able to reduce the breastfeed, so slowly cutting them down. So for the next week saying, well, I'll breastfeed him before he goes to bed at seven, but I'm not going to breastfeed him until 12. And using all those other comfort things, rocking, patting, snuggling him in, snuggling him into you and giving him those other strategies to be able to self-settle. The problem with getting to one sleep in the day is that you need him to get to about 11.30 so that hopefully he's had enough awake time from say six o'clock to 11.30 to longingate that sleep that he does and get past that 40-minute cycle, um, enabling him to be able to do one big sleep because that would definitely help your night sleep pattern. So, you know, it'd be really interesting to talk to you so that we could navigate this and really step this out for you so you can achieve one goal, then the next one, then the next one. So if you feel that that might help, ringing us back in might help us give you the strategies and not to try and conquer the whole thing all at once, but just layering those um, learned behaviours for him in a consistency so that your husband actually has some strategies for when you go back to work. So I hope that that helps you. But yeah, that's probably what we would need to do at that at this point. All right, Kathy, good luck. And please definitely call in um, 
to get some more guidance. Yeah. I think it would also help, like um, what Chris was saying, is to work out what your priorities are. Yeah. Made the assumption that you're happy to bed chair. Yeah. Um, but perhaps that's not what you want to do. And yeah. then, of course, there'll be different strategies if you're hoping yeah. to get. Without using crying it. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. But yeah, please call us if you'd like some more help. Steph has an eight-month-old. She says, I was wondering if it's okay to decrease my son's milk feeds down to three a day. He currently has four and probably drinks 120 to 150 meals per feed. However, I feel like the afternoon feed, I have to force it into him. Yeah, I think at eight months, if you're having trouble with the feeds, going down to three feeds a day would not be a problem overall. By nine months, they usually are only on four feeds. So, uh, sorry, three feeds. Oh, it also says, just to add, he eats three meals a day and is a great eater. Yeah, so he might be overeating and that's why the milk. So I would give him a milk feed when he wakes up in the morning before he has his breakfast. Then give him his breakfast, then he'll have some sort of morning sleep. But when he gets up from the morning sleep, just give him a snack and some water. Give him his lunch when it's due around 12, 12.30. But before he goes down for his afternoon sleep, then give him the second bottle. Um, and then the third bottle would be before he goes down in the evening. And I think if you control his food just a little bit and you get the balance right, I think he'll be really happy. You're looking for about 150 to 180 in the milk feeds with a bigger bottle in the evening, somewhere between 200 and 240. So I think dropping one will definitely help that happen. Okay. This question comes from Rhiannon. She has a 16-month-old. Um, he's waking at night. Some nights, not every night, maybe one or two a week. My little one wakes in the night and can't get back to sleep. The old tricks don't work anymore. No. I used to just go in and cuddle and then a little rock in the cot and leave. It can take up to two hours to resettle. I've tried different amounts of time before I go in. Usually I give him a bit of time unless he's emotional. I've tried cuddle and out for a set time back in just uh, with no cuddle, just comfort in the cot and then out again for longer. It takes hours. The routine at home is at awake between 6 and 7, 12 p.m. sleep, wakes around 2, 2.30 and then is in bed at 6.30 to 7. At daycare, uh, one, the sleep's from 1 till 2.50, 6.30 bed, always tired after daycare. Any tricks to help him when he can't get back to sleep? The night wakings are usual if he's had a bad day of sleep, which happens now and then. Okay. So to me, um, he's 16 months old. So there's, I think if you adjust a few things with the timing, you'll probably get a much better result of once you get him to sleep, he'll sleep longer. So if he's getting up between six and seven, I'd be putting him down at 12 and I would have him up by two. So all this little extra sleep and late sleep that he's getting in the day will absolutely affect your night. So let's see if we try the absolute simple way of fixing this. So down at 12, up by two, down at 7.30, and we use the five to five and a half hour um, cycle of putting him down. So I'm not sure what's happening on the daycare days because he actually sleeps later but seems tired to go down. So I wonder how well he is actually sleeping at daycare. And asking them specifically about it will definitely help. And I think also at daycare they need to put him down in the same time frames that you are because I think he's tired enough to go to sleep but when he wakes up overnight he has lots of energy because he's had a sleep very late into the day. So if we can bring everybody together and sleep between 12, 12.30 and up by 2 and putting him down between 7 and 7.30, I suspect without doing anything 
it will fix a lot of the things that are going on. And you have to give that a little bit of time and edge into it. So you're putting him down at 6.30 for the next few days, I'd put him down at 7. I'd wake him up at 2 and put him down at 7 and see what gently fixes itself. And then you've still got a little bit of wiggle room where you can get him up at 2 and put him down at 7.30. So that would be the first thing I would do. And then I'd go back to the settling that you were doing and see if you can get a little bit of traction with that. So adjust his days, see what works, and then go back to your settling and, and see if that fixes it. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. One of our favourite guests on Feed, Play, Love is the wonderful Maggie Dent. Maggie is running a series of events focused on helping parents better manage fear, worry and anxiety in children. The events will run in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and we have a double pass to each event to give away. It's very exciting. In Calming Today's Anxious Kids, Maggie will be joined by two of her favourite parenting experts. They will not only explore why anxiety and associated behaviours occur, they will reveal simple strategies to improve our children's ability to regulate themselves. To win a double pass to the first Melbourne event on the 18th of May, simply head to babyology.com.au and click on Win to Enter. We'll be giving away tickets to the other cities in future episodes of Feed, Play, Love, so stay subscribed. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This question, oh, it's actually a statement, comes from Carly. She has uh, an 11-week-old. She said, uh-huh. thank you for answering my question last week about starting self-settling for my bub. It's going well so far. Oh, There's perfect. Nice feedback. Thanks, yeah. Carly. Thanks for letting us know that it's going well. Uh, this question comes from Sarah. She says, thank you for your amazing podcast. Uh-huh. Thank you for saying that. Um, I wish I'd known about it when my daughter was younger, as I think we could have avoided many of our difficulties Oh, the beauty of hindsight, Sarah. That's how This is my job, just telling everyone what I did wrong. I have a question about my daughter who is turning three in a few weeks. Yep. She sleeps well and is gener- generally an absolute delight. We transitioned her out of sleeping bags over mm-hmm. summer and just had a sheet on her bed. Since the weather has gotten cooler, we've also given her a doona. The trouble is she seems to have no idea when to use either. We've, ex- we've explained many times and she cognitively understands, but this has yet to translate into her matching her sheet doona used to the weather. It's too hot in her room to put the doona on when my husband and I go to bed in the evening. So I've been getting up on the night to put it over her. If I don't, she'll just sleep without it. Often when I get in there, she hasn't even got her sheet on and she feels like ice. We live in Queensland, so the nights often start off warm and finish cool. It's too hot at the start of the night to dress her too warmly. Currently, she's going to bed in shorts and a t-shirt. What should I do? Do I just need to help her each night until she gets a little older and can sort this out herself? Or is there something I can do to speed it up the process. It's from Sarah. Sarah, at her age, not a lot of children keep a sheet and a doona on. It, it looks beautiful. You put it on and then you spend the next night, rest of the night going back and putting it back on again. So I would still do it because she's going to learn it in time. But there's a couple of things we can do is I would put it to bed in um, maybe long sleeve pyjamas and long pyjamas, you know, winter pyjamas, not full winter, but cotton ones. Um, because weirdly, they don't get as cold as we do. They're like little hot bods. So I'd put her in more clothing to go to sleep um, first. The second thing as they get older is, and what we did was 
we put a doona clip on the doona so it stayed up. So it's a, it's a little thing that threads under the bed and you clip it about halfway down the doona so the doona doesn't just slide off the bed. But huh. they can wiggle and move around under it. And in fact, they can get over the top of it, but they have to really think about getting over the top of it. That could help keeping the doona. So about halfway down the bed, you clip it on. So half the doona falls away and half the doona is still on the bed. That could help. But I actually, in this case, would put warmer clothing on her um, because Queensland doesn't really get that cold overnight, generally, um, and then go to thicker pyjamas and socks and stuff like that. And before you go to bed, just put the doona on her and make sure you tuck the doona into two sides, so the back side and the bottom side. And she, more often than not, as she comes closer to four and five, she will actually stay under the doona and go to sleep and be warm all night. And I've got to say, my daughter's seven now, and what I do, Sarah, is um, because we are at that in-between stage, stage. I guess, of the the climate, um, I dress her in long pants and a short shirt, or if yeah. she wants to do shorts and a t-shirt, she can have that. But I put her into bed without the sheets on. And when I go to bed, which is not that late because I'm an old nana, um, I will just put it up over her. Um, but then she, she stays under it. She stays under it. So yeah, that might she's be different. up the other end. Yeah. yeah. So it might be different, but I think but if you're But what does asking, Arlo do? Oh, he's all over the shop. Yeah, and he's he's almost closer. he's yeah he's a lot younger. Um, but having said that, like if if the question is, you know, should you be putting it up, and will she learn to put it up eventually? In my yep. experience, yes, she will, and just tucking them in before you go to bed is probably fine. But I think most people don't tuck it in. So it it slides off because the doona is staying on the sheet. If so, they move around a lot, it's pretty yeah, impossible. Yeah, so, and especially a three-year-old. They're, yeah. you know, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah, so um, those things should be able to help. I'd just put warmer clothes on her. Yeah. yeah. Well, and good socks. luck. We'll get, it's getting colder. Yeah. Well, she might go to sleep. Nice yeah. pair of flannelette pyjamas. I love them kids in them. They're so yeah. cute. Okay, enough of that. Um, moving on to Kalinda. <laughs> she says, my daughter is 16 months old. She still breastfeeds on demand. Every day is different, but on average four times a day and during the night. I also feed her to sleep for all sleeps. She does not take a dummy and has not taken to the bottle. No. My question is, how do I begin weaning her off completely in a gentle way? Thank okay. you. That's Kalinda. Okay, so the first thing I do, Kalinda, is drop your day sleep, uh, day feeds first. So at 16 months, they usually only have about two feeds. If we just look at the general population, I know everybody's got a different version of everything. Um, so what I would do is just drop one feed in the day because if she's having four, they're not in relation to her sleep. So I would feed her maybe first thing in the morning. I would feed her before you put her down for her day sleep. And then I'd feed her in the evening before you put it down. And just drop one of them, which is probably a comfort one. And so when she comes to you for comfort and then tries to have a feed, just distract her back into play or take her over and sit her on a counter and give her a drink of water, something along those lines. And so we'd then just slowly drop that one down. So the next problem will be is the association to the feed and sleep. So then we've got to try and get her to go to sleep without a feed. And this is where by 16 months, she's really aware of what we're doing. So we can try it in a gentle way. So again, the next one I would try is that day sleep. And so I would feed her maybe 15 minutes before you put her to bed, then take her into a room. If she's in a sleeping bag, pop her in a sleeping bag, give her a cuddle, put her down, keep your hands on her. 
because she's used to so much contact to go to sleep, very tactile to go to sleep by feeding. Um, and the reason she wouldn't have taken a dummy in a bottle is because she, she was demand fed. So she has that softness of the breast in her mouth. So we've got to get her then to understand some way of going to sleep, which will be quite hands-on, hands-on to her patting um, until she's quite sleepy and calm. Once you get a bit of traction with that, then we can apply it at night. So between when you put her to bed and midnight, you're going to do some hands-on settling and then maybe give her a feed at midnight and then from midnight down to six o'clock in the morning, you can do hands-on settling. If you have a partner, make sure they're involved because they struggle. The 16-month-old, and the partner probably struggles, but the 16-month-old will struggle if you come in and start hand um, or settling her and then she thinks she's going to get a breastfeed. So sometimes if your partner can go in for those hours between when she goes to bed at midnight and does the settling, which you know she's a 16-month-old, so she's going to object to it, just time and patience, pick her up, give her a cuddle, put her back down, hands on, pick her up, give her a cuddle, then you're going to get more traction with reducing it. I think this is probably going to take you about a month to do, but just gentle little steps. So we're dropping one in the day, then we're going to move the um, breastfeed earlier than the sleep cycle. Um, We're going to do some hands-on settling. Then we're going to get partner involved to do the first part of the evening, give her a breastfeed, do the second part of the evening. And then one weekend, take a deep breath and get rid of all the feeds at night. And then you'll be able to drop the ones in the day. So give yourself time, write it down, what you want to achieve and stick with it. And I think you'll find it'll work. It's about consistency, isn't it? It is. So if she gets a breastfeed one day and then you do settling the next day and then she gets a breastfeed because the settling was too hard, you'll be back doing this before you know it. It is about consistency and being on the same page of but doing it. But you can it. do it gently as long as you You absolutely can do, message. yeah, you drop one, then the second one, then one's overnight, then the two, the morning and the evening one. So All give right. it time, you'll get there. Good luck, Kalinda. We have a question on the helpline hotline now. This is uh, Tomo, and it's a question about an 18-week-old and self-settling. Tomo, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Good, Good, thanks. Tell us what's going on and what advice you would like from Chris. So first of all, I just want to thank you guys for the last advice I got about three weeks ago about allergy, um, not allergy, sorry, um, eczema and swaddling and oh, it's been yes. working well. Oh, so thank perfect. you very much. Um, now, um, he sleeps, okay, he falls asleep himself quite well for day naps. Yes. Um, but at night time, he definitely needs lots oh. of attention for some reason. Uh, I oh, think okay. maybe because we've been extensively cuddling before night, maybe. Uh, even yep. when we start wrapping him, he kind of starts crying. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, that's so, usually a sign of tiredness when they do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not so a sign that he knows he's going to be wrapped. Okay. <laughs> so how do I go about night time? So um, how do you... It easier. How do you settle him in the day? In the day, really, um, so about after an hour and 10, an hour and 15 minutes he's awake, um, I just wrap him, um, put him in the cot, and then, to be honest, I kind of do very small chores in the room. Good so like work. So folding, washing or something like that, and then next minute I look at him and he's asleep. 
Perfect. Sometimes, sometimes I have to pat him a little bit, but yep. really I have to pick him up. Okay, that's really yeah. good. Now, how okay. long does he sleep for you in the day? Do you think he gets enough sleep over the whole day? Well, listening to you guys' podcast, maybe sometimes not. Uh, usually in the morning he does do an hour and a half, two hours. Perfect. Uh, and, and then we go for a walk or whatever, like socialize, yep. and then he does um, tiny cat nap. Yeah. And then the second nap he does do, usually do quite a big ones. So oh, let's good. say one thirty two. Yeah, your book is excellent. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he sleeps good minimum an hour and a half for the second big nap but what I'm finding sometimes tricky is that after four o'clock or sometimes five o'clock sometimes you just end up not sleeping between let's say five to seven. I think that's where your problems stem in in terms of getting him down at night and the night being so different to the day so if he's sleeping maybe from 1 30 to 3 then yes. he's going to need a little sleep again around, I don't know, 4.30 yeah. to 5. It's more like 2.30 to 5. Oh, he sleeps from 2.30 to 5 in the more afternoon. Like, more Perfect. Like, yeah, more like 2 to 4.30, something like that. Yeah. Okay, so if he slept till 4.30 in general, I'd still yes. give him a little sleep at 6 because he's still quite six. young. Okay. And yep. then do your evening routine, say maybe from half past 6, and then he'll feed uh, better six. for you because he won't be tired. And then I think you'll get a bit more traction. You might have to do a bit more, you know, do all you're putting him down and when he whinges, put your hand on and do a bit of gentle rocking. But I think he would have fed better. So you might have to feed for 15 to 20, I'm sorry, you might have to settle for 15 to 20 minutes, but I Mm -hmm. think it'll shorten what you're experiencing now. Okay. Okay. So it's worth giving that little extra sleep, even if it's only for 15 to 20 minutes. Right. Okay. So, okay. Even like a... Oh, like sometimes in your arms. Like in the arm. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. do okay. it in your arms. Do it. Um, right. Put him in the pouch. Go for a walk. It's a bit dark at the moment yeah. for that, but yeah, can, I'd just do a sneaky little nap in your arms, and yeah. then that'll be enough to give him the right amount of energy. And I would do it anywhere uh, between five thirty, depending on his sleep in a particular yeah. day, yep. and six thirty, because okay, de- and then good. it'll it'll creep back in the next couple of weeks. Okay, sounds awesome. Thank you. So, so we shouldn't. Can we pick him up? Or sorry, oh yeah. Hang on. Can we yeah, pick yeah. him up yeah, for yeah. the night time? Yeah. Yeah. So if you've gently rocked and he's crying like he's crying now in the background, yeah. <laughs> and he's done that yeah. for a minute or two, pick him up, give him a cuddle, two, calm yeah. him down, and put him back down again. Okay, so calm him down and put him down. Yeah. Okay, cool. Brilliant. Yep. Yeah. Take care. Excellent. Good Thank luck, Tomo. Bye. Thank you so much. See Bye. you later. Bye. Our next question comes from Jar. I'm. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Four-month-old twins, a boy and a girl. The boy seems to get very fussy and inconsolable every day during the day. Changing food, cuddling don't help. His sister remains mellow. Yeah. Is this a stage or what? No, this is just the luck of twins that one is very mellow and one is sort of fussy. But it's not every set of twins. It could be they're four months old. He should be a bit more settled by now so the things I'd think about is how effectively is he feeding so I would ask you are you twin feeding or you might be twin and um, breast and bottling so how are they how are they feeding and is the sequence um, 
in the same window. So four-month-old, he should be able to stay awake for about an hour and a half. You might be having some trouble getting him to sleep, but he might be catnapping. So as the day goes on, he gets more and more difficult because he's getting more and more overtired. And she's like the control child. She's, you know, doing all the things, ticking all the boxes, more mellow, sleeps a bit better. And twins are like that. And they do have a leapfrog effect where one develops and then the other one catches up and moves on. So I think this is more about um, the feed to sleep cycle that you're having and how well he's sleeping within the cycle. So if you can check those two things, it's going to give you um, an idea of what he needs to get him to settle down. But he should be he should be more um, relaxed or calmer in the day, even if he's not sleeping well. So have a look at your feeding. And give us a call yeah. if you'd like more specific yeah. advice, particularly with twins. I have yeah. a feeling Chris needs a little bit more to help you, but um, the number is one eight hundred five four three double seven two. Don't call now. Yeah next week yeah, because we'll be <laughs> we only have time for one last question, unfortunately. Uh, this is from Carly with our 11-week-old. Perfect. She said thank you before and now she has a question. Any tips on transitioning from arms in swaddling to an arms out sleeping bag? Okay, so Carly, I would think that if this is a general question, I can definitely answer it, but I would think an 11-week-old would need still need their arms in. So it depends why you would be putting them in a sleeping bag. So 11 weeks, they tend to be still swaddled in some way, whether they're in a swaddle bag or still being wrapped. But once it comes to the point where the the baby is rolling, and that means that they're rolling from back to front and front to back, but more importantly, from back to front, because obviously sometimes at this age, if they're up on their arms, they drop an arm and they incidentally roll. Um, whereas what we're talking about is the baby who can, who's in their bed on their back and can roll to their front. That's the baby that we're more concerned about. So that it gets very murky about the rolling and the sleep and swaddling. Um, but in the incidence of being at that stage, usually what I would do is I release one arm and let them get used to one arm movement. And then a couple of days later, I take both arms out. It does take them between three and four days to get used to it. And you'll have to go in and do some more settling. Um, And the other thing is if they're much older and they're rolling around, we sort of settle them where we find them. So if they're on their side, we settle them on their side. So that's usually the much bigger baby and the much older baby. But take one arm out and a couple of days later, take the other arm out and hold your breath because it'll take a few days. But then suddenly everything will start to settle down and they'll sleep better. So uh, Carly's just added his rolling from, from front, his front to, to back, back not, not his back front. front. Yeah. So you can go back. Um, so the rolling from front to back is where he lifts his arm when he's in, in on his tummy and then his head is still very heavy and he goes, bloop, and he falls over. So, so Carly should keep him swaddled yeah. for the time being? Yeah, but you'll okay. probably find if he's doing that much movement now, it's not going to be that long, you know, before he goes one, two, and then he's over. Yeah, just yep. watch him on the bed. Yep. yep. And change tables. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the other one. All right, Carly, well, thank you for that question. And that's all we have time for Helpline on this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, big thank you to you for all your questions. And Chris, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. 
Going back to work after having a baby isn't always straightforward. Sometimes you realise that you don't want to work so many hours. Sometimes you discover you really don't like the work you're doing. But if you are really seeking development, progress, satisfaction, a sense of achievement and pride in what you do, then you must be assertive and take ownership of your career. That's Kirsty Levin, careers counsellor at the Parents' Village. She's got some great advice on how to get your head back into gear for the return to work, especially when your priorities have shifted. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Lise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.